pray that even as, as you just continue to stir our hearts, Lord, I pray that, that tonight we're in the back room praying this, just that we would not have words of wisdom from our minds, but Lord, that we would seek you in this and that we would hear your heart. Uh, we wouldn't try to figure things out in our own mind and in our own intellect and in our own understanding. But Lord, we're not led by our minds. We're led by the Spirit. So Lord, even tonight, may we be led by your Spirit. May we be guided by your Spirit. And Lord, I thank you that you're, you're shaking these things up in this season, in this time, to reveal yourself, to give us that, that window of opportunity to step into something amazing, to walk into something where, and set these wineskins, set the wineskin in place that when you pour out your wine, when you pour out your glory, when you pour out your presence, when you pour out your spirit, Lord, that, that we would have the wineskin that can house that and that actually, Lord, that we would experience your presence, that we would see your power, we would operate in power. And uh, Lord, I thank you. And overall, above all this, uh, Lord, that we would operate and, and receive your love and release your love to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Marcus. So over the past few, um, well, really, once everything started going down with this virus, uh, we just as a leadership team started to feel, um, well, we started to ask the question, God, what are you doing? And I think every time there's a shaking, it's the Lord trying to get our attention. He's trying to shift our confidence, that Hebrews 12, from things that can be shaken to things that cannot be shaken. And so we just started to ask the question, like, Lord, what are you shaking? What are you doing? It doesn't feel like business as usual. I don't think we've ever experienced such a, um, a global ripple, of, ripple effect. And... Haggai 2 actually says that the shaking, the purpose of the shaking, one translation says, is to bring the nations to the desire of all nations. It, it calls Jesus the desire of every nation. He's, the ho- he's what every nation, every leader, every people group is actually looking for. And then it talks about, in that same passage, uh, Haggai chapter 2, the shaking is going to produce a desire for the nations, a revealing of the, de- of the desire of the nations, and then God's going to fill his temple with glory. And so I think for us in the season, we're going, well, what's the real... Steve, you can turn this down a little bit, buddy. I feel, I feel very powerful right now, and I don't like... <laughs> just turn me down a little bit, buddy. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just a little bit. Mike was perfect. His level was perfect. He needs to be above us anyway. I'm just play. I'm just play. <laughs> just messing with you. <laughs> and so we're and so what is God's temple? Does God dwell in buildings made with human hands? No, he doesn't. And that's something that has really resonated with Mike and has has been touching me in this last season. What who does God wish to inhabit, wish to dwell? Who does God, through this shaking, want to bring 
into an encounter with the desire of every nation, Jesus Christ, and its people. And we're feeling that, that people are the kingdom, and we know that. It's, it's, it's God brings in people into his kingdom, and, and so we're just feeling this, Lord, it's not business as usual, and what part would you have us to play? And what we're feeling is that the, this, the Lord's given us the language of Luke 5 and Matthew chapter 9 of the old wineskin and the new wineskin. And the new wineskin has to be, what Mike said on Sunday, soaked in water and then massaged with oil, or the old wineskin, I'm sorry, has to be soaked in water and massaged with oil so that it can be new again and contain the new wineskin. And so in all of that conversation, yeah, and in all of that conversation, we are feeling that everything is pointing us to a greater leadership of the Holy Spirit in our own lives, in our church. I mean, John is very specific in 1 John chapter 2. He calls the Holy Spirit the anointing, and that comes from the Old Testament. It's, he's the anointing oil, and he's the oil in this season, as we follow his leadership, that's going to make us soft so that we can contain an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like never before. He's the oil, he's the wine, he's the wind, he's the fire that we're all looking for. And so, so we're just kind of like, we feel like we have to lay everything at the Lord's feet and say, Holy Spirit, lead us in this season. Church isn't business as usual. Ministry isn't business as usual. It's a new day. What are you doing as you're, I love the verse that Mike read here. He says, uh, the night is far gone. The day is at hand. But no, I'm sorry. Before that, verse 11. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake up from your sleep for salvation is nearer to us now than when, bef- when we first believed. And as the day of the Lord draws near, God is going to wake up his church like never before. And we're just feeling that like, Lord, wake us up. Lord, do that in us. Let us be the forerunners. Let us be the, the tip of the spear in this, not in an elite way, but we want to be about your business now. We don't want... Uh, uh, waste time. We want to redeem the time for the days of evil. So, so we're excited. We feel a lot of things, and I'm going to stop talking. Um, I'm going to pass it back to someone over here. Let's. Yeah. Do you guys want to say something? Or, or, so let me. If we can, we I know we have a number of people watching online. So hello, everyone who's watching online, and. Uh, what we want to do is just give an opportunity before you keep hearing from us because you'll hear it, you hear from us all the time and, and we're just like, we're just feeling this that we just want to give that opportunity for you guys to, to just share or ask whatever's on your heart. So if you're online, you can just type it into the comment section. Andrew's monitoring right here and Anna. Uh, we have the more technical people that are doing the, the, those things. <laughs> um, so go ahead and, and you can do that. And then you guys, if anyone has something, you can raise your hand. Um, and uh, 
What's that? We'll just use one. If we can just use one and we'll just go down. So don't be shy. Questions? Oh, right there. Yeah, yeah, but here, so they can hear, do it on the mic, so they can hear online as well. Oh, we turned it off. <laughs> Thanks, Marcus. All right, uh, so I actually have several questions. I'll just ask one, and if there's a little later, you can call on me again. Uh, all right, so... Assuming, which is a big assumption, but assuming that those of us here and those that are signed in online are going to be your, your core group, right? If, if that was true, what, what would you guys want? What's the ask? What do you want of us? What, what's the most important thing? I know there's a million different directions you can go with this, and yeah, we're going to try to do this and do that. But what, as our, as our spiritual authority, those that have been given... Uh, the stewardship of the Rock Church. I know you guys spend a lot of time in prayer. I know you spend a lot of time whiteboarding and trying to figure this out. We're coming to you and saying, hey, what do, what do you want from us? What's, what, what could we do? What's the mindset, the heart set, uh, actions you want us to take? You know, is there anything that you'd like to share with us before we get started? That's good. Good question. Who wants to take it? Anna? Go ahead. Okay. So um, I, the biggest thing, I think, is, first of all, and it's not trusting necessarily in us, but it's, it's trusting in, in the Lord in this. Um, and and hopefully, hopefully, as these things that are being spoken are, are beginning, like, they're stirring your heart. Um, and that's... If they're not, then, you know, question it. Here's what I don't want you to do, first off, is don't just go, well, and I say this all the time, never go, well, that's what the pastor said, so we need to do it. Never listen to me <laughs> alone. <laughs> but what I would ask is listen to me and then question it. Ask the Holy Spirit. And, and hopefully it can be backed by Scripture, that if I'm saying something that's not scriptural, then you need to come back to me and say, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> but, but my hope is that I'm not having you lead, I'm not leading you, but what I'm trying to do is direct you guys to go, okay, eyes on the Lord. We don't know where we're going. We don't know, we know we're, what we're getting to know is like, okay, here's our next step, and then here's the step after that. But that's like as far as we can see right now. And I think what I realize is that's the Lord because the Lord never goes, well, here, you're gonna, I'm going to show you everything you need to do because what would we do? We would just take it and we'd go, here we go. We got this. Thanks, God. We got you. <laughs> you did your part. Now we're going to do ours. And he goes, no, I want you to, to follow me in everything I do and be led by the Spirit at all moments in time, at all times. So, so the moment that we step out of that, that being led by the Spirit and being led by Mike <laughs> or being led by someone else, um, that's, that's trouble. Um, so what my heart is, is that we, I get you guys to get into the word more. Um, you're listening to the spirit. Some people will go, well, I don't know how to hear from the spirit. And, and my hope is that in this season, in this time, even in some of the things we're going to be activating in, 
that you're going to learn how to hear from the Spirit and not just, um, <clears throat> just kind of sit back in the chairs and every week get the message. This is, and this is, this is my fault. This is the, I would, the leaders of the church's fault that what we've done is we've atrophied the church to where it's, it's we're going to tell you what to do and we're going to teach you all the things you need to know, but you don't actually do anything with it. <laughs> we're the ministers. You're not. And, and it's just the opposite. And this is where I, what this, this pastor did in Phuket, he actually commissioned. And it, I, was, I was telling this, this lady, I was like, I feel like Sunday there's a commissioning that has to happen. And she's like, that's it. She's like, that's exactly what this pastor did. There's a commissioning that happens that you go, you guys are like the pastors in a sense. You're the, you're the, you're the ministers. You're the ones that are to go out. You're the ones that are to make a difference. And so um, the commissioning is go and do and follow Jesus. Don't follow me. I, there is a, there's a reason for kind of leadership, and, and my hope is what I'm doing again is I'm not lording over you and saying, you need to stay under my direction. What I'm doing is I'm coming under you, and we're coming under you and undergirding you and going, come on. Like, you can do this. Just like a little kid learning to walk. I talked about it on Sunday. Like, it's not, no, you're not ready to walk yet. It's, hey, you may fall on your face, but, man, I'm going to encourage you, and when you do fall, I'm going to help you get back up, and I'm going to say, let's do it again. And, and it's okay to make mistakes. Like, what we can't do is fear failure and not step out into the things that the Lord has for us to do. It, Peter tried to walk on water. He actually did, and then he fell. But, man, what a story in and of itself, right? How many people walked on water? <laughs> not many. Um, so I, I, I'm like, we, the leaderships of churches need to actually engage the body of Christ, and this is the whole problem is the body of Christ has been shut down. And uh, we're not, it's not 20 people seeing 900 people come into the kingdom, right? I mean, how many people are we seeing come into the kingdom now? And we are seeing people. I, we were going through this this morning with our executive team and just like listing off. And I'm like, we have amazing people in our church like, who are going after the kingdom. So, uh as we started looking at it, I think there was just an excitement that rose up. Like, we're already doing a lot of this stuff. So it's not like when I talk to you guys, I'm, I feel like I'm talking to the choir. Like, you guys get it. But I think even more so that you come alongside others, encourage others that, like, hey, we're going to do this stuff. We're going to be the ministers of reconciliation. We're going to be the ambassadors of Christ. We're going to go after the kingdom, and we're going to seek the Lord. So I know that was a long answer. But hopefully that... Yeah, can I share? Yeah, share. Um, I don't think I know your name. Justin. Justin. Hi, Justin. I think for me, I just want to share what I've been hearing from the Lord and the ask. I love that. Um, something practical is kind of what Mike's been sharing for me as to uh, be flexible, be willing, yield to my spirit right now. Yield always, but to this move. Be willing to be cleansed by scripture, mm -hmm. by my word. Be willing to be anointed by my oil. Um, just as we're walking in this place where we've never been, of just a willingness to do that because um, we have to be willing. The Holy Spirit um, doesn't normally over, yeah, overtake us. There, there's that power of free will. So just being willing to 
yield to him, willing to be cleansed, willing to be, um, you know, massaged and uh, stretched. I think I'm feeling that a lot. I think a lot of us are, um, the stretching and that, um, you know, even thinking, you know, in the imagery of oil being massaged into a wineskin, that's not something, you know, that is probably, I mean, it doesn't have feelings, but something comfortable, you know, it's something that is, there's a process to. And just so I think the ask is to be um, willing to be just yield to his spirit and whatever he's saying to let him massage the places in our hearts that need to be um, awakened and cleansed and just this process of just yielding to whatever he's going to do to hold the wine, to hold his fire, to let him come and search our hearts. Um, And it's different for all of us. I think, you know, uh, we're all going in the same direction, but um, we're in different you know, lanes. And so I think the ask would be to be willing to come with us on this journey, this adventure that we don't know exactly what it looks like. But as Mike was talking, you know, his, his word is a lamp to our feet. He's been saying that to me a lot the last couple of weeks. And, um, I went to Israel last year. And so the lamps, they're literally, you know, as big as your hand, they don't give you a lot of light. Um, and you know, he was speaking to the Jewish people. So they knew what he was saying to them that you might only know one step ahead. So I think the ask would be to just be willing, be flexible in this new move of God to, to be in that place of not knowing exactly what the next step would be. I think with that too, like the word that ties to that is humility. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking about this. We we spoke on humility, um, actually right before COVID, right? Mm-hmm. I think is when the Lord just had us on humility and we didn't know why, but we just, obviously we just spoke on humility. And I think this is a key. If we're to be led by him, we have to be hum- humble. And that humility means complete dependence upon the Lord. So we have to completely depend on him, which means trusting in him in all his ways. And that's that flexibility of allowing the spirit to move and not thinking we have it all figured out. Uh, We were talking about it earlier and just saying, we don't have this all figured out. And the moment we think we do, that's when that pride rises up and pride comes before a fall. And uh, so, but those that are humble, he lifts those up. So our job is to go low, is to stay in that place of humility, trusting in him, and not thinking we have this all figured out at any point in time. And that's for you guys as well. Like, we all have to be humble in this time. Yeah, uh, we've got an online question um, from Mike and Pam and Seth. They ask, what is the big change that is being referenced? And I think that's a great question. We've been talking about it in, um, in metaphors with the wineskins, and we've talked about it in generalities that we want to make a shift. And a big part of that is because we don't know what it's going to look like. As Mike has already kind of referenced, we, um, we felt this stirring, the pastors, the executive team, Pastor Mike, we felt this stirring over the last few months that as COVID was hitting and we were forced to take a break from the busyness of every week being kind of similar or the same, uh, to really reevaluate and say, wow, like, what if there's more? Like, what if God wants to do something different? What if we've been doing it this way? For a long time, but God had some has something different in mind for this. Question is, is this it? Yeah, and that's <laughs> been a big part of it. Is like, is and and one of the interns summed it up really great. Like, forty years of church attendance, 
and and I still kind of seem the same. I'm, I'm still largely the same. I haven't done much other than like marked a seat in a church. And, and so that got us really on our face before the Lord and saying, okay, God, like what what is it? And, um, and so the big change that we're talking about, we don't know exactly. Um, Pastor Mike has kind of painted a pretty clear picture of of what we, we've identified kind of our problem to be, that the body of believers has been largely atrophied. Um, they haven't been doing the things that we see Jesus does in the Bible. And so if we're really disciples of Jesus and we're living our lives modeled after what he did, it, it feels like something doesn't add up. Like he didn't just attend Church. on Sunday mornings <laughs> and then go home and like have brunch. Like there was... There was so much more ministry involved in his life. And, and in his own words, he said that we would do even greater things. And then he's got a whole list. He says, and these things will follow those who believe. And so as believers, we look at our lives and we hold it up to, to the Bible and we say, it doesn't really seem like it, it adds up. So that's what we've identified as the problem. Now, the Lord is giving us solution um, piece by piece because, like Mike said, if he gave us the whole thing, we wouldn't need him. And so he's really bringing us into a season of being dependent on him for the purpose of um, living a more biblical life. And that doesn't mean a, a life filled with more rules or more stringent or more necessarily holiness. What it means is a life filled with the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. There's that passage that says the, um, the sons and daughters of God are those who are led by the Spirit, and that's what we want to get to. It's not the sons and daughters of God are those who attended church faithfully. It's those who were led by the Spirit. And so what we're noticing between the 100-plus years of church attendance is um, we can begin to make a sort of sacred cow out of our Sunday mornings. Um, it's laughable on this side of things, but a few years ago uh, when we tried, like, changing up a few things, man, you wouldn't believe the emails and the comments we got, like, because we got rid of bulletins or because we put worship at the end of the service instead of the beginning of the service. And people were so bothered by that. And I get it. M- myself, I'm a creature of habit. We naturally sit in the same chairs and the same seats and park in the same parking spot. And we do things the same way. And so we don't like it when someone messes it with our routine. But with that, we've taken Sunday morning church and we've made it our routine instead of a thing that really celebrates and is birthed and led and, and you know, held together by the Spirit of God. It's like now our routine. And so that's what we want to break up. And, uh, and so the Lord just has us really stirred in this. So we, so what is the big change that we're talking about? We don't know exactly, but we know like this isn't it, that to just live for a Sunday morning, to have our three songs and a, and a nice message, like that's not going to be enough for us anymore. And we want to begin to really lean into God and say, God, what are you doing? And what does it look like? And how do we activate more and more of, of the congregation, of the body, not just the people with titles, but how do we activate more of the body to go out and do the work of the ministry? That's, that's, that's good. There's a lot of... Oh, sorry. Am I off? Hello, 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 hello. I'm on here. Oh, there. Okay, you can leave it on. I'll just mute here. Um. So, let me say this. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought there. The uh, Zach 
Pastor Zach spoke to this uh, two weeks ago. Um, about And it's Jesus when he sends out the, the 72. And there was this time of first, he was, uh, you know, they were followers of Christ and they were watching and seeing what Jesus did. And then Jesus is like, okay, here you go. Now it's your turn. And, uh, and he gave them the power and the authority and he sent them out. And he, he, he gave them instructions on what to do. And I can tell you, I'm sure that they were nervous. Um, if I were to say right now, God's given you authority. You're going to go out. You're going to, and, and you're going to do these things. You're going to preach the kingdom is near. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to cleanse those who have leprosy. You're going to drive out demons. Go. <laughs> and we're going to, and you guys would probably go. But there'd be, I think there's a lot of us, a lot of people that um, we've, we've been in church and we go, ah, like, what do you mean go? I'm not ready for this. I'm not prepared. I, I, I've, like, I need some training for this. And, and we kind of go, well, wait a minute. How many, how many years of training do we need to have? Like, how long have we been sitting in the pews or in the chairs? And, and, and what, what is it that we need that we don't have right now? And I think what we need to realize is that it's not, first of all, it's not our ability. Um, understanding and knowing the scriptures absolutely is helpful. We also have the Holy Spirit, and he's the one that leads us and guides us. And, so, and he's the one that gives us, or really, that is the power. We're kind of like the conduit. My dad says it well. Like, we're a pair of rusty battery cables. We really can't do a darn thing on our own. But when we plug into the source, when we pu- plug into the power, <laughs> now... We have the same power that Jesus had when he walked on this earth. And, and that's the power that actually resides on the inside of us. And so it, this is that awakening of the church that we say, it's time. It's time to wake up. Like, it's time for the church to become alive and to actually see the kingdom on this earth. And it's not going to happen from pastors. Uh, I can tell you that. It's going to happen from the body of Christ becoming what they're supposed to be. And, it, and, it's, and it's the... The leaders, in a sense, coming underneath, it's that five-fold ministry, raising, training up, equipping for the work of the ministry, those that are called to go. And that's everyone is called to go. And, and we're called to go as well. We're right here with you. We need to go. Um, so let me say, I will say this, because I know it's like, what are we doing? Where are we going? What's the, <laughs> what's the next steps? Um, so Sunday, um, we felt... We, this is the beginning of a shift that we're going to be making here. And, and uh, I, I hesitate. I'm not going to hesitate to talk to you guys, uh, but I think there's probably some people in the church that will go, well, I'm not coming on Sunday. <laughs> because this is going to be a little, like, out of the comfort zone. Because we're used to coming in, like uh, Andrew was saying, we're gonna, we want our parking spot. We want our seat. We want that comfort. And as I talked about on Sunday, it's kind of like that, uh, that cup of coffee that feels, you know, it's great in the morning. If you don't get that cup of coffee, man, you're gonna, it's going to be a rough day. And, uh, but the, uh, so what we're feeling is, is as we come in on Sunday, the Lord was showing me, actually showed me this, like, just, I, I shared it on Sunday a little bit. I'll just share it quickly again. Oil, uh, it was almost like it was just shining all across here, like, this place was saturated with oil and was filling up. It was like maybe a few inches of oil um, across the entire sanctuary. 
And uh, it was like everyone was standing in oil. And all of a sudden, it was like the match was struck. And, and when it hit, it wasn't like it started to burn. It's just the place lit on fire. And, and if you, like when you have oil on your feet and it's on fire, it was like every place that people stepped, it was just fires being released. It was just, it was going, as people were going out, there was like fires. And wherever you stepped, it was a fire that was like, you know, placed as oil was just saturated in those places. And, uh, and so <clears throat> I, I saw that, and I think with the commissioning that we're supposed to do, it's we're going to come in. I feel like we're going to do communion. We're going to do some things up front. And, uh, but the idea is even on Sunday just to change things up because we can't continue to do the same thing and expect different results, right? If we just sit here on Sunday and we go, well, eventually something's going to happen that's different. Like we've been doing this for hundreds and hundreds of years. And... <laughs> Nothing. You see little fires here and there, little revivals going on, but no impact. I mean, I talked about a number of weeks back, the Welsh revival. Like, here's a thing that, that impacted the church in an amazing way, and 100 years later, there is no sign of the Welsh revival. Uh, it impacted an entire nation for that period of time. How do we have a sustainable impact for the kingdom is we raise up the body of Christ. And so on Sunday... Uh, I believe we're going we're gonna to go out. We're going to have, uh, like, leaders that will help um, in this. And so you're like, man, I've never gone out and done these things. I haven't preached the kingdom is near. I haven't healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed those who have leprosy, cast out demons. But this is the kingdom. This is what Jesus is telling. Like, this is what we're called to do. This is what we're supposed to do. So um, we're going to go out. And we're going we're gonna to get to do this. We're going to have fun doing it. And, and this is where I go, man, some of us, we're going to fall flat on our faces. And guess what? That's okay. We're going to get up, dust off. We're going to learn something from it. When you actually learn the most through your failures, not through your successes. Um, and so it's that, uh, oh, I can't believe I messed that up. And, but I guarantee you the next time you do it, you're going like, to learn from that, and you're going to do it even in a better way. We went out this past Tuesday. We'll probably share this a little bit on Sunday. But um, normally we meet for three hours with our staff on Tuesday, and we pray together, and we seek the Lord, and we just get in worship, and, and we have our, the Bibles open. We're just getting downloads from the Lord, and we just felt like well, we, gotta, we need to go out. So we spent about 45 minutes kind of praying into things and then got ready, and we went out. And I think between, I don't know, it was like 25 of us or something, probably prayed for over 100 people. Um, we saw uh, some really cool things. You'll get to hear a little bit more about it on Sunday. But I'll, I'll, I'll just share one thing for me. Uh, I had an opportunity that, that the Lord just put somebody in front of me, highlighted them, and, uh, <laughs> and they kind of, they, they got into their apartment. They, they, I think, I don't know if they saw me. I was just like, oh, I, I felt like the Lord just had something for them. And I kind of started walking towards them. But I was Kind of standoffish still. I wasn't like running at them. And, uh, and they went into their apartment. And, um, and I was like, oh, well, I guess, you know, that wasn't to be. And kind of walked away and didn't think much about it. We prayed for a lot of people. It was a great time of ministry. Came back here. And Marcus and I were talking. And, and the Lord had showed him someone as he was coming into, uh, into the office uh, on the way in, on the drive in, like this, this person that uh, he was supposed to go to. And... Um, and when they were out just ministering, he saw the person, 
and ran. He said he had to run after them. He's telling me, he's like, I had to run after them. I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, the Lord showed me something about you. And, uh, and there's an amazing testimony you'll hear on Sunday about what happened because of this. And, uh, and I'm sitting in the office talking to him, and I'm like, son of a gun. <laughs> I just let that guy walk away who highlighted. I didn't run after him. And, and he went in, and who knows what the Lord was going to do. And, I mean, if you heard, once you hear this testimony, I'll be like, this could have been another testimony. And it just kind of, it hit me, not in a condemnation way, but it was one of those like, oh, I don't want to miss that opportunity next time. I missed it. I feel like I missed an amazing opportunity. I knew, like, like there's something just in my spirit. I knew I was supposed to go after him. I knew there was, that the Lord had something for him. I didn't know what it was. And sometimes we go, well, I got to have it all planned out. I got to have it all figured out. Bef- Lord, show me everything I need to know about it before I walk up to him. And there's just that risk factor of you just, you walk out, you step out in faith, and you exp- <laughs> if we really believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, if we really believe that he's on the inside of us and we really believe that God desires that no one would not know the gospel, that everyone would know this gospel, then don't we think that God's actually by his spirit going to reveal the things that he needs to reveal in the moment so that we can have an impact on somebody's life to have the the possibility of of them coming into the kingdom. And and he does. He does it every time. And And I've, say, I've always said I, I never have regretted a moment where I've stepped out in that faith. And uh, I've never gone, man, I, was, I wish I wouldn't have done that. It's, it's those adventurous moments. And um, I, was, I was telling these guys, um, I feel like sometimes it's, this is like a, it's a roller coaster ride. If you've ever been on a roller coaster, Marcus doesn't really yes. like roller coasters. Yes. Yeah, exactly. like, but... <laughs> It's an adventurous ride that we get to go on. And, it's, and there's all these warnings, like, be careful, be warning. Like, this thing has, like, it, it goes quickly. It has turns. It's, it's, you know, keep your arms inside. But guess what? No one gets hurt on a roller coaster for the most part. But, <laughs> like, when you go on a roller coaster, you know you're not going to get hurt, but you know it's scary, right? And every time you're still scared to get on the roller coaster. But then when you're done, you're like, that was awesome, that was so cool. And then you want to do it again. But, but it's that, there's that moment of fear that rises up like, I don't want to go. But then when you do it, it's awesome and you're safe and you're fine. It's the same thing, I feel like, when we, when we begin to step out, it is safe. We're going to be fine. We're not going to get hurt. But it is a little scary and it is adventurous. But when we're done, when we, like when you get off the roller coaster, you're like, wow. Like there's that adrenaline rush that you have. And I'm telling you, I get it. There's more of an adrenaline rush when, when like you're just seeing somebody come into the kingdom or somebody getting healed and, and baptized in the Holy Spirit or whatever it is. That I'm like, this is what I live for. Like these are the moments you walk away and you're like, that was amazing. And my heart and my, like is just beating and my spirit is just lifted up. And I'm like, who's next? <laughs> you know? I feel like this is what, this is the awakening of the church. When we actually get to experience that, when we get a taste of that, like, man, there's nothing more exciting uh, than, than, than being in that place of risk and seeing God just move in a mighty way. So. Amen. I just want to, sh- what, hearing Mike um, say that, that's really our Christianese, what, you know, we call life in the spirit right? It's not knowing. The disciples lived that. They had no idea where they were going, where they were going to 
sleep, who they were going to talk to, what they were going to pray, um, and just the adventure of that. And I think somebody was asking if we had a discipleship kind of um, plan. And so that's a great question. And I just thought of what you were sharing of that there will be someone coming alongside us. I actually, when I was there, Proctor, and so we were talking, the Lord was kind of just pressing this on my heart earlier yes, and yesterday, that we have different personalities. And so she's a little more introverted, and she, so she was encouraged that I'm, you know, I love talking to strangers, actually. So, so we made a great team. And so in that, that is how we see Jesus' disciples disciple his disciples, um, just in the New Testament, that he did it with them, and then they did it, um, kind of what you were sharing, yeah. Mike. So good. It, the thing about discipling is people think, well, discipling is just sitting in a room and, and talking about the Bible. When Jesus discipled, he discipled through action, and his words weren't, come, listen to me. It was, come, follow me. And, and I think sometimes we get caught up about this discipling being, well, I got to sit down with somebody. I got to, like, teach them the word. I don't know the word that well. I'm still learning that stuff. Like, a lot of discipling is just living life with people and just saying, hey, why don't you come alongside me? I don't have it all figured out. This is that humility piece. Like, we just go, we don't have to have it all figured out. But sometimes people just need to, like, Walk alongside someone that's maybe one step ahead of them. You don't have to be ten steps ahead of them. Uh, you just just be one step ahead of them. It's probably good you're one step ahead of them <laughs> if you're and discipling. It, it might but. be, too, Sarah. I wouldn't say she's a, a step behind me or anything like that, but different personalities. And so I opened the door. I talked to a stranger, and then she came alongside me, and we both were able to pray for him. So I think um, even in the ask, I was just still thinking about you, um, Justin, asking that, that that is one of the things I think we would ask, that to be flexible, to coming alongside someone else that you might not know, you might know them, I don't know, that might kind of walk you into this as we're just taking this adventure outside of the church walls like we, you know, like we're called to and we've been talking about, I think, for years. Yeah. The other thing is, is I think, to Justin's question too, the other thing I would ask of all of, of, all of us, and probably I'm, I'm pointing back this way more than, uh, <laughs> I'm pointing like this with all my other fingers coming back to me, like, isn't that the... Um, we cannot be so busy that we miss the opportunities that are right in front of us. And, and I know I'm, I got both hands up because I miss so many opportunities, run right past something, a divine, like, invitation into something amazing, and I can be so busy and so, like, task-oriented that I'll drive right past and r- or walk right past an amazing opportunity right there. And it's, this is Jesus going from point A to point B. The whole life, we're just talking about this. It, like when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it wasn't about the destination. It was about the journey every time. It was like he was going from here to here, and along the way, boom, that's when the, that's when the amazing things happen. So I would encourage us as well that, that we're... We're gonna, we want to do this on Sunday only to basically stir things up, is to, like, get us, even as we did this on Tuesday, we're like, oh, my. Like, how do, why don't we wake up every morning and go, okay, God, show me who I'm supposed to minister to today. We did it on Tuesday because we knew we were going to go out and minister to people. 
But why don't we do that every day of the week? Why don't we get up and say, God, what amazing opportunity do I get today to share the love of Jesus with someone, to change someone's life, to see them come into the kingdom every single day? I think this could happen on a daily basis, multiple times a day, and it's not that we have to shut down everything we're doing. We can live our lives. We're still going from point A to point B, but uh, it's along the way that we aren't so busy that we don't stop for those moments. And, and we were saying it like this. Who's the CEO of your life? Who's king? If Jesus is truly king, it's like if you're working for a company and you're like, okay, like I know I'm supposed to do all these tasks. If the CEO of the company calls up and says, hey, I need you to do this and I need you to do this right now. All of a sudden, guess what? your whole agenda changes. You're like, okay, cancel that meeting, cancel that meeting, cancel that meeting. I need to go over and do this because that's what the CEO just told me to do, and he's the boss. Well, guess what? We have a CEO. It's Jesus, and, and it's, it's, allow, it's kind of saying, okay, in those moments when we have that divine opportunity, we go, okay, I got to cancel that meeting. I got to cancel this because... <laughs> I've got, I've got a greater thing that needs to happen right now, greater than our own agendas, our own tasks, the, own things, the things that we have to do, uh, that we think that we have to do that are so important. If we were able to just kind of set those things aside in those moments and allow him to move, man, how many amazing stories and opportunities would we have? What is that? Got, got mice. Another question here. Uh, Alan Orgren uh, talks about, he says, I'm sensing the go that we're called to comes from the love we receive from God. Personally yes. knowing his love is what compels us to these other things. Otherwise, it's out of a place of striving. Thoughts on this? Yeah. Amen. But the problem is, is if we sit here and go, well, I'm waiting for the love, <laughs> sometimes it's, it's actually in the go that we get understanding. Uh, that we begin to like say it, it's it's that taste and see that the Lord is good and and I think we just have to get shaken out of our comfort zones a little bit and so yes everything we do we're motivated by love First Corinthians well let me say this First um, Corinthians twelve talks about the gifts of the Spirit Romans twelve talks about the gifts of the Spirit but the end of Romans twelve talks about love. And 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. So it's all about these gifts of the Spirit, but then everything comes down to love. If you have not love, then you have nothing. The difference is, is be, sometimes we think, well, if I don't love, I have nothing. That's not, what, that's not actually what the Scripture says, and a lot of times it's mispreached, that it actually says, if I have not love, and it's receiving the Father's love. So... If you don't know the love of the Father, if you don't understand the gift that you have, it's going to be hard to really, ex like, share this amazing gift with others because you don't even understand what you have. And so there is that we need to have his love on the inside of us, and it should be an overflowing, and it's by his spirit that now it's like out of our bellies comes that river of living water. And it's that, so it begins to overflow out of us as we receive his love. But yes, great question, and love is the key. <laughs> we have not love, we're a gong symbol. My question is about the children. Um, do we prepare our families to do this, or will the children stay here at the church while we go out? 
We believe the children are not that important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you guys laughed at that. <laughs> Somebody want to answer it or I can answer it? Uh, actually, we're going to, uh, we will have children's ministry for the front part of yeah, no. the service. Well, we will. We will. Yeah, but no. For so the itty The children right. will go out with us. And, and this is so key. Um, this isn't, again, we say, you know, there's no junior Holy Spirit. So it's not like, well, the, the, the kids get junior Holy Spirit and we get the Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit. And I can tell you, uh, a lot of our kids are probably going to be in front of us. They've been doing this. And not behind us. Yeah. There's been number, a number of weeks on Sunday morning where we're commissioning the kids. They're going out and they're actually, we call it treasure hunting, and they're, they're like, finding people that the Lord's showing them and praying over them and seeing healings. Well, we're in here sitting in chairs. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is backwards. Like we, <laughs> we need to be going and the kids need to be alongside us and we need to be doing this as a family. Like how cool is it now if we teach our kids to actually do the things of Jesus and not sit in pews? I think this is why like we're losing the next generation because they're like, is this it? Is this what it's about? It's, if you've seen that thing, John Wimber, where he goes, Man, we, we sing about it, we talk about it, we pray about it, we teach it. But when do we get to do it? <laughs> when do we actually get to do the things that, like, all these amazing things? And it's like, I think it's time that we go out and we do it and we learn it. We learn it together. We encourage each other. We come back. We have testimonies like, oh, my gosh, this was amazing. That was amazing. And we go, well, wait a minute. If he can do it, I can do it. <laughs> like, it's that, it, like, we get to encourage each other. But, yes, the kids, the youth. Like, all the way down. I mean, I think, you know, obviously, you know, when they're babies, like, it's, you're not really discipling them and training them. But I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, Andrew and Luna, like, when we did it on Tuesday, you know, how old is, is Francis? Francis is eight months old. And, and RK is three, right? Yeah. So they got oh, four. <laughs> you're supposed to know. <laughs> yeah, she's four. <laughs> okay. I knew that. Hey, bro. So they have a... <laughs> you could, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> we have a, so they have a four-year-old and an eight-month-old. And Luna's got little Francis strapped to her side there. And they got RK with her. And they're going out and they're just, they're ministering, praying for people. And it's like, yeah, we can't get hampered by the, well, I've got, you know, a baby. And like, we just, we just go. And, and I'm like, they, they do it very well. Like, they just take their kids. Their kids don't dictate their schedule at all. They just kind of. <laughs> They just, they go out and they minister. And so, yes, kids need to do it. There's Luna <laughs> in the back. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I have three. Marcus has more, but. <laughs> Marcus has seven. <laughs> I so. know. Anyways, I would just encourage everyone that your kids are ready. We just declare that. Yeah. I mean, they Anna, does, Anna does an amazing job Thank with you. your kids. Yeah. Um, and especially if they've grown up here, the children's ministry, I mean, we know, like, and we might not know what's exactly happening in there because we're not in there, but um, I can I can tell you that my kids have been so equipped and trained, and, yeah, there's been years where Kurt and Pastor so, Kurt and Pastor Sylvia and actually all of them have, we've done it. We've done it with the kids, and so they're ready. They're probably maybe more ready than us because they have put them to the task and said, 
they're expecting to hear from the Lord. They're um, activated and all those gifts on how to hear the Lord, whether it's a picture or um, an impression of someone. The kids are trained up, to, uh, you know, praying at the healing rooms for people. And the way they do that with the kids is to say, hey, what's God showing you? And so you might not even know this. So on Sunday, this is going to be an amazing opportunity for you to see it activated in your kids. And if they haven't been here for a long time, I would just say an encouragement that like, this is it. You're, you've, you've been made for this. I I just, when I hear Mike, you know, sharing all of this, I just hear the Lord, like we are all, we were born for such a time as this. So we have to put fear away and let faith rise and know that Alba Daddy is with us. We're all empowered with this Holy Spirit, and we are so ready. We were born for this, people. We were born for this church, and so I'm just so excited for us to go and move, and maybe we fall on our face, but I I really don't believe that's going to happen, actually. Maybe I just have, I don't know. I'm just positive. More more faith. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's just, I think that like, if your heart position is that I'm going to learn and I want to release the love of God to anyone and everyone around me, you are going to win because that is all that the Holy Spirit needs, okay? He just needs a willing vessel. That's it, obedience. So um, I'm excited for our kids to see that with us and for us to disciple them in that way. And we can learn together. Just because we're adults doesn't mean I, I you know, I repent to my children constantly and I humble myself because just because we are adults doesn't mean we have it all figured out, right? Um, This is God of the universe that um, we're learning more of his attributes and his love and his kindness and his mercy and his grace. And if we can say, hey, I'm learning with you, that will empower your kid no matter how old they are to step into that boldness and that faith. So, And I think your point of we're not going to fall on our face. Here's the thing. I think the only way we lose is when, when we set an expectation of how we think it's going to be successful. When we have our own mindset of, well, this is success, um, then we might, in a sense, lose because we go, well, that's not what happened, and we get disappointed in that. But if we set the expectation of, we don't know what God's going to do. I've prayed for people, they haven't been healed, and then out of it, they come back and they receive Christ which they may not have received Christ if they got healed. There's just, there's sometimes we cannot, we can't operate on our own mindset and our own understanding that we have to realize that God's ways are greater than ours. All we do is walk in obedience, trusting in him and, and leave the results to him. It, there's a scripture in, in 1 Corinthians 3 that says, uh, um, says this, it says, I planted the seed, this is Paul, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. And so all we're doing is we're just playing our part. We're sometimes planting, we're sometimes watering, but we're not the ones that make it grow. And so we leave, we leave the results of that up to God. Uh, and then it says, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. <laughs> Basically saying, look, it's not about us. It's but only God who makes things grow. So I think sometimes we got it. We have what we have to do is get over ourselves, and realize it's not about us, and it's not about how great we are. It's actually in in Second Corinthians four. It says um, that we are the jars of clay. I'm like I could have I would have loved to be called something else, uh, but we're jars of clay. But it says 
so that the all-surpassing power of the Holy Spirit would not, how does it go? Um, how does that last part? Now i got to finish the, the quote there. Um, it says, uh, it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So the point is, is that it, it isn't about us. When we go and, and minister and do these things, the hope isn't that they go, wow, you're amazing. The hope is that you're pointing them to God anyway. You're pointing them to Jesus and that they go, wow, he's amazing. I, I want that relationship with Jesus. And, and these are the most amazing moments. I'm like... I would much rather any day, but like uh, I'm thinking of like Sundays, we could have the best Sunday ever in here and worship and the greatest teaching ever and that would be great, but I would much rather impact one person's life and, and share the love of Jesus with them and possibly see somebody healed. I would take that over a great day in here any day to see, to see somebody's life just transformed. Um, not that this isn't bad, and I think there's, this is, there is an importance of training, equipping, of that corporate worship together. And I'm not saying that, like, we're just going to wipe everything out, but I think there is a season. I'm feeling like there is a season that we're stepping into. We've had enough training and equipping uh, to last us for quite some time. <laughs> what if we just got out for a period of time and actually ministered and and did kingdom work. Um, and I think we'll actually come back with a greater hunger and thirst for the word of God and a, to give us even a, like we're going to want to know more because, man, I wish I would have known more when I was ministering to this person. I, there was that scripture I couldn't remember. I'm going to memorize those scriptures. I'm going to get those in my heart. Um, <clears throat> but now there's an application uh, to the word of God and to the training that we're actually, uh, now we're taking it and applying it. So... Adam. Clarifying that we are not having children's ministry Sunday morning. We we're, will. We will we're have having communion, and they were going to be in here other than four and under. Yeah, for the little ones, we'll have we'll have uh, some we'll have the kids' own childcare. But the older kids, children's here ministry. <laughs> well, they're here, but then yeah, you won't leave. You won't leave your kids here. We're going to go together. <laughs> like darn it. <laughs> Hi, my name is Adam, and I just want to say I love everything I'm hearing from you guys. I'm so encouraged and so ready for this. And uh, I just wanted to share a testimony with you, with you all to encourage you. Um, I was, I've had the opportunity to um, drive for Uber for the past four years, and I've probably uh, met 2,000 people in four years. Wow. And I've probably prayed for a third of them. And out of a third of, so over 600, 700 people, only two have said they didn't want to have prayer. So people are so ready and so ripe, you guys. It's, we, we think that it's gonna, they're going to turn us away, but they're hungry for the truth. Yeah. And if we just say, how are you doing today? Do you need to, can I pray for you? They will say yes. And we're going to see people added every day. So I just want to encourage everyone. It's Good. It yeah. can happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, would I'm, it be amazing to see you. people added to the kingdom daily again? Like, yeah, when you were sharing that, Mike, and then you just confirmed, Adam, Adam I just wanted to say that 
um, just I want to encourage everyone, all of us, to share our testimony of Jesus in your life. We know that we overcome by our, the word of our testimony, but it is unique to you. It is authentic. It is powerful. Just like Adam sharing your testimony, no one will argue with your story and your witness <laughs> to Jesus. Um, and people are so much more open, I think, especially in this time. I believe the harvest is plenty. That's what the word tells us. And because of everything that's happening and even the window of time that we have, it is for this time, church. It is for this time. Yes. Everyone is hungry and thirsty for peace and for love that surpasses, you know, everything that is happening. And so it, this is the moment. I think this is why we're feeling this pressure that God is ready to birth this reformation in his church and just getting excited about like, I might not know what I'm doing, but I, I know Jesus. And just like the Samaritan woman in John uh, 4, 29, come see a man, just tell them about Jesus. Say, can I say a blessing over you? This is so much more simpler than we have made it for hundreds and hundreds of years. Amen. Yes. Yeah. And remember the Holy Spirit, yes. that there is the power of the Holy Spirit. So we don't, even in our prayers, I think sometimes we'll, we pray prayers that are um, kind of weak. We can pray weak prayers, and it's almost out of our, like, lack of faith sometimes. Like, well, Lord, would you just kind of bless them? One thing that I've been trying to do, just to kind of step it up a little bit, is just, is... I'll say, I, I was just with a guy the other day, and he had a broken foot, and he doesn't know Jesus. And I was like, well, how is he going to get to know Jesus? And and I'm, it was like right in front of me. I was like, oh, I need to pray for, for healing. And I just said, I said, have you ever experienced a miracle? And he's like, no. Like I said, a miraculous one where you're healed instantly. He's like, no, never. I'm like, it's going to happen right now. You're going to experience the power of the Holy Spirit on you and you're going to be healed. And, and again, it's that I know my God, and, and it's not me that does the healing, but it's sometimes it's that, that our faith would rise up that we go, do we really believe in the God that is on the inside of us? And uh, I got to pray for this guy, and, and sure enough, like he started walking. He couldn't even walk on his foot, and he started stepping on it, and like he's like, Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, could you do that before? He's like, no, not at all. And, and I got to share Jesus with him, and uh, we prayed together. It was just an amazing time. He walked out of there. He, he, he was severely limping on the way in, walked out of the building without a limp. And uh, just those are the amazing things. And I can say not everybody I pray for gets healed. Um, but I'm still like I know my God, and, and I'm going to put him on the spot in a sense. <laughs> so um, I know that, you know, y'all are being led by the Spirit, and so week to week things may change, but is there like, is this for the foreseeable future, every Sunday kind of thing? What, what do you see uh, just moving forward? Are we going to get the word on, uh, on a Sunday? What, you know, what is that? look like for the next four to eight weeks say good question yeah that's good and I think we're asking that question as well um, we are kind of feeling 
not like a, a week-to-week thing, though it might be. The Holy Spirit might change something like, hey, we have something planned for next week, and he says, no, do this. This Sunday, we do feel like we are to go out and share our faith and pray for people. Um, we, we have a little bit of a leading that, 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 that might be the next few Sundays, but we're holding that loosely before the Lord. Um, I think of it in, in kind of, when, we, when I think of go and make disciples, um, and as we've been talking about this and as I've been processing just my own life and, and ministry before the Lord, um, I kind of think of it in three ways. That one, there's people that know the Lord, but at, they are immature in their faith that I need to come alongside and make a disciple of and help them to, to grow in their faith. And then there's people that, um, that are in my life already that I know don't know the Lord, but I already have an existing relationship with. There's my, I won't do the list, but there's those people that God has laid on my heart. It's those five that we, that we uh, wrote down right on down. a card a few months ago that I'm praying for, that I'm reaching out through text, that I'm saying, hey, let's go- get coffee together. And then there's those that I don't know yet, kind of like that I'm going to walk up to someone, I'm going to pray for a cashier, I'm going to um, see that person in the park and strike up a conversation and, and ask how I can pray for them and see what door that opens. I think that right now is what we're feeling, the, that last one that I described is what we're feeling the Lord. We, we need to get stirred in that way where we can share our faith, where we can pray for someone who is sick that we don't know. And I just know that every time I invest in one of those, I have more boldness in all of those, you know. So, so what we're going to do on Sunday is going to uh, fuel that go and make disciples um, but really right now we're not, we're not looking at like the next 12 weeks. We're looking at the next couple of Sundays and then we will, we will let you guys know what Sundays are going to look like as, as we're led. And, and as we were kind of talking about it as a staff, um, and again, we're, we're not holding to this. So even when I say this, this isn't like, oh, well you said, okay. But we're kind of looking at like the Lord might change this like month by month. Like here's what we're doing for this month and we're praying into what we're doing for the next month, but we're submitting everything to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Is it, is it on? There we go. So it is the, it's kind of like what we were talking about when they crossed the Jordan. It's the the first thing that the Lord showed him, it wasn't, hey, here's the new wineskin, Jericho. Here's how you take down Jericho. And, you know, you go in and you're going to walk around the walls um, each day one time and then seventh day, walk around it seven times. It's not, and, that, and it worked. And you go, wow. That, so that doesn't become now, in a sense, the new way to do things. That was just for that one kingdom to take down that kingdom. So now it's like, okay, 30, 30 more kingdoms to go. Each one was taken down a different way. And so I think the whole thing is, is, is that it's the Holy Spirit interwoven into this new wineskin that allows it to remain a new wineskin constantly so that the new wine can be constantly poured in. And so that requires, as Anna was talking about, that's that flexibility 
where we're constantly shifting, changing. And I think what the church loves to do is we go, what's the next new thing? And once we find it, let's lock into it and let's perfect it. Let's make it amazing. And so we try to get that all set up and, and you know, here's the Jericho model and we're going to write a book on it. We're going to we're going to really make it great, and we're going to be a church that's, we're going to call ourselves the Jericho model because it worked, <laughs> right? And so, but that is never the intent of the Lord. And he's, he's like, don't look to models, look to me constantly. Keep your eyes focused on me, and he's ever changing. He's ever moving. He's ever doing things. There was a, um, actually, Andrew, why don't you share, because this ties in really well. Yeah, um, I've been reading in Deuteronomy and in the fourth chapter, thank you, in the fourth <laughs> chapter, uh, Moses is addressing the congregation and he tells them the Lord showed up and he was on top of Mount Sinai and there was flames and there was fire and dark clouds. He said, but you didn't see his form. And he goes on to talk about how, um, he says, so don't try to make something in his image. Don't try to make, you know, it. Don't make it based on the stars. Don't make it based on anything you see in nature. Don't try to make something with your own hands and then say, oh, like, this is God. And, it, and there's almost this, like, implication that God didn't show himself because they would have made a form. Like, whatever form he revealed himself in, they would have been like, oh, that's what we need to worship now. And, uh, and so we want to be really careful that whatever, whatever we do, we don't ever worship that thing. Uh, we don't get too tied to a model, but instead we, we stay totally fixed on on God. And as Mike was talking about the example with Joshua, I think of it a, a lot in terms with the way God does healing throughout the Bible, that it's rare that it's the same way. You know, Jesus spit in the dirt and rubbed the mud on the guy's eyes, or Naaman had to go to the river and and dunk in it. And, and it, it wasn't just a formula. And so, and similarly, we want to adjust our, our uh, church, to, yeah, yeah, our corporate gatherings to no longer be just a formula, to just be this, this, and then that. Yeah, which is hard for us. I mean, it's really hard for us. Like, okay, every Sunday can be something completely different, and, and we just go, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do this Sunday? We may not have, you know, three songs, some announcements, and a word, and, and that's the norm. That's the cup of coffee and we go, well, if we don't get that, then did we really get church? Because that's what church is. And I think this is that shaking that the Lord's like, no, that's the church. That's the, that's the idol that you created of church that says, this is what I need. And God's like, no, what you need to do is you need to, you need to set your eyes on me and be led by my spirit. And, uh, and I think we're going to see the church become alive. We're going to see the power of God begin to move again, where what we've done is we've shut down. We've said, here's my little box of church, and I'm comfortable with it. Holy Spirit, move within the box. <laughs> and, and I can tell you, he's not moving in the box, <laughs> sadly. I wish he did. It'd be a lot easier. <laughs> no, we don't. You're right. <laughs> no. These are great questions, by the way. Thank you, guys. I had a comment and a question, actually. So the first comment was um, what you were talking about in regards to things may look different every Sunday. Um, I was reminded of, you know, David talked. David was a musician. <laughs> I can't help it. 
um, but he played skillfully before the Lord. And when we were doing the worship school, um, you know, we were getting out of our comfort zone with flowing in the spirit and stuff like that. But that took practice. It took time on our own. It took time during worship school or whatever. And so I guess it just, it was brought back to my mind that us going out on Sunday is that practice though too. So it's like, it's, I guess the encouragement there is, you know, we don't know what Sundays would look like, but by practicing, we're ready for whatever we're supposed to do for that next week. And so I just wanted to bring that to our attention. Um, But my question is, now going into the planning section of um, way back when, when you guys, when we, you know, the the prophecy of the 5,000 coming into the church was brought up, the um, goal or the idea or the the dream to build the prayer and worship center to equip those that we were bringing into the church to be built was a big, you know, dream. Is that still something that we are potentially still looking at? Is that even in the cards right now? Is it just kind of wait and see, because, I mean, if we're bringing in all these awesome people, like, what is there, is that still in the cards? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, the prayer and worship center, absolutely. And and actually, what's really cool is even we the first phase, we had a number of people just feel like, they were like, man, I feel like the Lord's saying it's going to start with just a trailer, like that you're going to have a trailer out there. And crazy enough, uh, just a few months later, we had uh, another church come to us and say, hey, we have about a $60,000 trailer that um, we just feel like we, we want to give this to you for the things that you guys are, are doing. Will you take it? And uh, so here we have, if you guys have driven in, you've seen the, the trailer out front. We're going to be relocating that trailer, it looks like, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be on our property, and, and we're going to use it for a number of things. Even right now with the COVID and everything that's happening right now, we're like, well, we're gonna, we have an opportunity to use this for a, a, uh, to help the food bank. Um, um, but we feel like it's also the first phase of the worship and prayer center. And so we're going to have it for worship and for prayer, and that it would be open for people to go in. Um, and then, yes, um, we are actually, we're kind of in the beginning phases, even uh, starting. We want to start the planning um, and working with the town. I had the entire town out here uh, a week ago and was telling them about all the things we're going to be building. I had the, I had the town manager, uh, the, uh, uh, we had the zoning manager, the planning manager, the, um, the chief building inspector, the, the uh, fire marshal, and the, um, the site development plan manager, all out on the property. I mean, this never happens. And, uh, just, and, and it was an amazing time with them. And just we're talking through some of the things with the trailer, but also just like sharing about some of the vision and the things that the Lord has um, for us. And so just got to share like, like the first kind of phase with them. Um, so, yes, it is absolutely uh, it's something that the Lord showed us, and he has confirmed it over and over and over again. And uh, we have possibilities with financing. Um, we won't go into debt, uh, but even people that are willing to finance it. Um, so there's, there's amazing things that are kind of happening right now that we're just, we're just seeing how the Lord's going to do this. Uh, but I can tell you, we will not go into debt on any of this. And, and the cool thing is, is the building. This building uh, is literally this close to being paid off. Uh, we, are, we owe under $400,000 on an $11 million facility here. And uh, God is dropping this thing like 
miraculously. We're getting, we had a, somebody just write a $20,000 check just a, um, a few weeks ago to, to, just to pay into that, and we're paying it down. It's, it's going to be paid down quickly, and we're just saying, okay, Lord, um, it's going to free up. It's going to free up about $25,000 a month just to do uh, other amazing things. Um, but we will not go into debt. And that was something the Lord just made very clear. So, and, and I say that right now, um, who knows, 10 years from now. But, but, but at this point, there's, the intent is, is no debt, um, that the Lord's going to do it his way. And how cool to watch him do it. And he's already, he's already doing it. We, have, we had a, just a real quick thing on that. Um, even a, a land planner that came in um, through a crazy stream of events, but... Um, and they're like, we will do your land planning. Um, you can give us a donation of like $500 and we'll do the master planning, the conceptual master planning, which can cost like $10,000, to ten dollars to $20,000 just to do that. And they're like, you just pay us $500. We're a nonprofit and we'll do it for you. Um, so just stuff like that that's just out of the blue. Um, we've had people come in and say, hey, we're going to just take uh, aerials of your entire property um, can we do it for you, and, and we'll just give you everything? Like, and we're like, okay, which is what we would need for initial phases of what we're doing. And so now we've had a guy who came out here. He just wanted to do it for his portfolio, and then he just gave it all to us. And so we have all the aerials of all our entire property so we can begin the initial phases of, of planning and the things. But we do feel there's a number of things out on the property that we're feeling that, that we're supposed to do, um, just kingdom things and uh, so it's really exciting, and uh, yeah, there's so much, so much happening. Yeah, was there were there any more on here? Did we take one more question? Any last? Anyone dying to get a question? About what I just shared, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's good. Yeah. For those online, he was just saying um, this needs to be shared with the entire congregation. Some of these things that the Lord's doing right now. So yeah, it's good. Well, I hope our hope in this is that we're you guys are encouraged and uh, that. We're going to go out. And here's what I would say. Um, like, you guys are kind of the ones, like, there's going to be there's going to be people that are apprehensive, that are like, ah, I just don't know about this. Um, I know sometimes even when we go, hey, let's, we're going to get together in groups and pray, um, you know, sometimes we'll see people go, whoop, right out the door. <laughs> just because of that fear of, like, I don't want to be in a group and pray with people, like, you know. And, uh, and once they do it, I think they were like, oh, this isn't so bad after all. But my hope is that it's like we don't, no one's left behind on this. No one's left out on this, that, um, that we come alongside those that are maybe fearful. And it's like this is that you don't have to jump out there and do it the first time. It may be, hey, just kind of shadow and check it out. Just be there. Experience it. Uh, we had someone that uh, ended up becoming a pastor later. Uh, but when they first came to the church, they were like, I do not hear from God. And, uh, and then they started going out with the kids 
uh, when they were doing these like treasure hunts and, and praying for people and he was sitting back one of the times just sitting there and with one of the leaders and he goes, I think I, think I got something. <laughs> like I think I have something for that person. And they're like, well, go, go give it to him. And so he did. He's like, okay. He went up and did it. And, uh, and that was the start. That was the start of it. Never, never went back. And uh, he gave that word and the person started crying. And it was like, Lord began to move. And he's like, wow, I actually do hear the Lord. It's just like, I just didn't realize I heard the Lord. And so uh, I think sometimes it's just that, it's just getting out there, getting a taste of it, and then seeing that it's not about us. It's about him and how much he desires for every person that we come in contact with to know the love of Jesus. And so he uses us as the conduit. Back to that, we're the rusty battery cables. But when we plug into the source, man, there is power that comes through us, and we get to, we get to be the ones that reveal the love of Jesus to others. And I'm like, what if we were to do this? Just one day a week. That's why I'm like, what if we start with Sundays? But then this becomes a lifestyle where maybe, and, and to Brian's point of like, how long is this? Like, this is something I see. I don't know where we're going to go exactly. But I'm like, I feel like once we begin to get this, once we go, wow, this is it. I can do this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I can do this in my work. I can do this wherever I am. And it's not that scary after all. And God does move and he does move with power. That, that I would love, I feel like what would be amazing is we're doing this stuff all week long um, in the area we're on mission, basically with this understanding. We wake up in the morning, we're on mission for the king. Uh, we're doing it with people that maybe have, like, we might be in areas working in the prisons, we might be doing other things over here, whatever it is, but you're, you're on these missions, doing these things throughout the week, and then Sunday becomes a time where, man, we gather together, there's testimonies of, like, all the amazing things, you guys are bringing in all the people that have come into the kingdom just even in the past week, they're getting baptized, and then we're just worshiping the Lord, and, like, that to me would be an amazing Sunday where I'm like, I would walk out of there going, that's church. That's cool. There are still times, and we have to figure out, and I'm like, we don't have it all figured out. There are times where we need, there are teachings, not just by me. If you guys hear teaching by me every time, I'm telling you, it's like you're getting pepperoni pizza every single week, and you're going to get sick of pepperoni pizza, I promise. <laughs> you <laughs> He's already sick of pepperoni pizza. Um, but that this is that, that five-fold ministry, that there is, there's the apostles and the prophets and the teachers and the evangelists and the pastors that, like, that, and, and you guys, that there are times, like, like, it's not like, well, you have to be a pastor to, to teach. Like, there are things that the Lord's going to be stirring in your heart where you're like, man, you need to get up and you need to share. It might be like, you're going to share for 10 minutes on just what the Lord is showing you, and you're going to train and equip the saints. You're going to train and equip the people. You don't have to be ordained to to get up and, and, and preach. This is, this is what's shut down the body of Christ. We're all ministers. We all do this stuff. So there does need to be, there needs to be some order. And it's, and I'm, you know, I'm always like, it's not a free for all where it's like, psh, everyone's just saying stuff. I think there does need to be order. But that order is not so, so much order that, that it shuts down the body of Christ from being the body of Christ. You guys all, I guarantee like, you have something for the body that needs to be spoken, that needs to be shared, that needs to be it's tra for training, equipping, encouraging, whatever it is. So when that happens, I think we're going to become stronger than we've ever been.